Thank you. Thank you very much. First time in just over 12 months. And um, I'm excited because I believe, um, you know, God's given me a word that I believe is going to bring revelation and life um, into each and every one of you here. And we are family, so I'm going to talk to you just like family. So, um. But before I do, I want to do a couple of things. First and foremost, I want to pray for California. Um, Corina just got back on Wednesday from Reading. And um, fires are burning. Um, Bethel Church, are they have people evacuating. The church is not in danger, but a lot of their people have evacuated homestays. Um, something like 37,000, 38,000 people out of their homes. 500 homes have been destroyed. 5,000 more are in danger of it. And so we need to pray because um, we want to join with our brothers and sisters over there. So why don't we just do that really quickly? And um, so, Father, we just join with the people all over the world who are praying at the moment for Reading and also for Greece and other places, Lord God, where there's fires at the moment out of control. And we pray, Lord God, for divine intervention. Lord, we've, you've given us authority, Lord God, to speak even to the weather, Lord God, and to speak that the winds change, that rain will come. Father, that you would bring, Lord God, a lull in the fire raging, Lord God, and that there'll be, Lord God, the many thousands of firefighters and emergency people, Lord God, they will get a grip of it, and Lord God, and be able to contain it, Lord God. Lord, we say no more, Lord God, no more loss, Lord God, no more stress, Lord God, no more worrying, but Father, that you would come and you would intervene. And so, Father, we agree with every other person in this whole wide world who is praying at the moment, Lord God, and we say, Lord God, let heaven come in Jesus' name. Amen, amen, amen. And before I want to get into the word, I want to, I want to share a story which is quite remarkable. I was talking to a lady at Satfriquet this Thursday, and she shared a testimony with me, which is absolutely phenomenal. She is, um, she is an outpatient with Fairhaven, which means that she is not in the rehab up on the mountain at Tambourine, but she is going to like group sessions and like, a little bit like AA and NA and stuff like that, but it's, it's a little bit it's a little bit more involved with, um, because um, some of these guys are still on drugs. They're trying very hard to come off drugs. Anyway, she, she's been to detox. Um, she was clean for five days, then she relapsed, and um, she got back on heroin. And one night, she walked past our building at Roland Street. She said it was probably about four or five Thursdays ago. She walked past all on her own. She, was, she said, I was stoned off my head. She said, all of a sudden, something arrested me and I had to stop outside Roland Street. And she said, I had a vision. She said, on one side, I saw all my druggy friends and they were gray, they're looking gray, they were dying. And on the other side, I saw a group of people and I knew that they were the volunteers that were volunteering at Set Free Care. And God said to her, you have to make a decision. Do you want to run with this group or do you want to run with that group? And she made a decision. She says, I'm not going to do no more drugs. She's been clean for five weeks. 
She hasn't touched any drugs, no alcohol, nothing. And, she, and this lady, she is full of joy. She is full of life. And, um, and she said to me on, on, on Thursday, she said, I want to come and be part of this here. I want to come and volunteer. So how awesome is that? See, God can get anyone anywhere. Okay? They don't have to come to church to get saved and cleaned up, okay? God can get people anywhere. Anyway, my, my t um, talk today, my message today, it's been churning in my heart, in my spirit, probably for about four months. And God's been developing this word in me, and I, and I just pray I'm going to do it justice, and, um, and that you will get out of it what God wants you to get out of it. Not necessarily what I have to say, but open your heart, open your ears, and get out of it what the Holy Spirit wants to give to you today. So I'm going to start with just reading a few snippets of Scripture. You don't have to follow me if you don't want to, but um, I'm going to start in Matthew. And I'm predominantly going to speak from the Gospels today because that's where I've been for the last six months, just reading the Gospels. So I want to start with Matthew 7. And, it, and this is the, just a couple of um, verses after Jesus finished the Sermon on the Mount. And it says, By the time Jesus finished speaking, the crowds were dazed and overwhelmed by his teaching, because his words carried such great authority, quite unlike their religious scholars. Matthew 9, verse 8 says, when the crowds witnessed this miracle, they were awestruck. They shouted praises to God because he had, given, he had given such authority to human beings. Mark 1. I'm going to read a story here. Then Jesus and his disciples went to Capernaum, and he immediately started teaching on the Sabbath day in the synagogue. The people were awestruck and were overwhelmed. Let me just stop here for a moment. I'm going to read you a footnote of what that what that actually means, awestruck and overwhelmed. It comes from the Greek word ekpleso. And it's a strong verb that means awestruck, filled with amazement, astonished, panic-stricken, something that takes your breath away, being hit with a blow, to be shocked, to expel, and to drive out. Clearly, Jesus spoke with such glory and power emanating from him that his words were like thunderbolts in their hearts. Okay? So, the people were awestruck and overwhelmed by his teaching because he taught in a way that demonstrated God's authority, which was quite unlike the religious scholars. Suddenly, during the meeting, a demon-possessed man screamed out, Hey, leave us alone, Jesus the victorious. I know who you are. You're God's holy one, and you have come to destroy us. Jesus rebuked him, saying, Silence, you are bound. Come out of him. The man's body shook violently in spasms, and the demon hurled him to the floor until it finally came out of him with a deafening shriek. The crowd was awestruck and un unable to stop saying among themselves, what is this new teaching that comes with sudden authority, with such an authority? With merely a word, he commands demons to come out, and they obey him. I'm going to read you one more story. In Luke chapter 8, 22. So one day Jesus said to his disciples, let's go in a boat and go across to the other side of the lake. So they set sail, and soon Jesus fell asleep 
The wind rose and the fierce wind became a violent squall that threatened to swamp their boat. So the disciples woke Jesus up and said, Master, Master, we're sinking. Don't you care that we're going to drown? With great authority, Jesus rebuked the howling wind and surging waves, and instantly they stopped and became a smooth glass, smooth as glass. Then Jesus said to them, Why are you fearful? Have you lost your faith in me? Shocked and shaken, they said with amazement to one another, Who is this man who has authority over winds and waves that they obey him? It's quite amazing, isn't it? What did people, what did the disciples recognize? They recognized Jesus' authority. And what I believe they were overwhelmed and amazed about was that they saw just a normal human being doing extraordinary things that they've never seen before. And even the words he spoke, they've never heard before. You know, they had their religious teachers and their religious scholars, but they didn't compare with what Jesus was saying. And they were amazed, and they were, they were overwhelmed, and they were astonished, and they marveled. And the disciples marveled even when Jesus spoke to the weather. You know, Jesus spoke to the weather, and it changed. And he was just an ordinary man. He was just, a hum he was just fully human. Um, Romans 8.3 says, God sent us his son in human form to identify with human weakness. He was clothed in humanity. He did not do those miracles. He did not teach as God, even though he was God. But when Jesus walked on the earth, he put that aside. And he was fully human, and he did that as a human being. And they, everybody recognized that he was different. That his, they recognized his authority. You know, authority is not something that you earn. Authority is not something that you work for. You don't demand it. You don't even assume it. Authority is given. And when God sent Jesus, when the Father sent Jesus to the earth, the Father has given Jesus the authority to do what needed to be done. And, um, and eventually, um, he sent him to the cross to win the ultimate authority back, but we'll look at that in a minute. Okay, so authority is given. Okay, when Malcolm tries to ring the electricity company at our home and tries to speak to them, they will not speak to him. They want to speak to me because Malcolm has no authority on the electricity account. Okay, it's the same with you. I mean, one person in a couple has to ring up and make and put the electricity on, okay? Whether this is the husband or the wife, it doesn't really matter. Same with the phone. Nobody will speak um, in regards to your phone account, okay? Unless what? You give them authority to do so, okay? So we cannot exercise any authority in anyone's life unless we're given authority, okay? And at one time, the Pharisees asked Jesus, by what authority are you doing all these things? And Jesus was very clever. He didn't answer them, did he? He gave them another question. But we know that Jesus had authority from, Father, from the Father. And that's why he did what he did, because he, he saw, so he did what he saw the Father do, and he said what he saw the Father say. So that was, that was his authority. And Jesus passed his authority to his disciples. Okay, when you look at, when you look at um, Luke chapter 9, verse 1, 
Jesus summoned together his 12 apostles and imparted to them authority over every demon and the power to heal every disease. He departed authority to his, to his disciples, to his followers. And look what happened when they came back from their mission. In um, chapter 10, verse 19, Jesus was, they were surprised, you know, when they came back and said, you know, all the demons, they obeyed us, you know. And Jesus said, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. Now you understand that I have imparted to you all my authority to trample over, over his kingdom. You will trample upon every demon before you and overcome every power Satan possesses. And absolutely nothing can hurt you. Okay. So he's given his disciples authority and he's given us that same authority. Okay. When he, when he gave us the great commission, Jesus said, I've been given all authority. Now go in my authority and make disciples of all nations. Okay. So Jesus passed the authority on to us. And you know God's plan has always been for his people to be proactive in our authority with him. That's always been God's plan right from the start. In reference to Adam and Eve, when in Genesis 1.26 we read that when God said, let us make man in our image according to our likeness, let them have dominion over all the earth. That was Adam and Eve had the ultimate authority to rule this world. But we all know what happened. We've heard it over the last couple of Sundays. Adam and Eve lost their authority. They abdicated their authority. They lost their position in the garden when they listened to Satan and they disobeyed God. But then Jesus, we know, won this position and the authority back when he died on the cross for us, for mankind. And you know, that authority that Jesus has brought back, that authority to have dominion, that authority to rule and reign with God on this earth has been given to each and every one of us. But we've got to live in it. We've got to walk in it. We've got to exercise it. It's not just going to happen. Yes, God is sovereign, but God is not going to do anything if you're just sitting back and doing nothing with what's been given to you. There is a responsibility that each and every, one, every believer has to take up our authority and to walk in and to live in it and to exercise it. Not just for our own good, but for the good of the world, for the good of your neighbor, for the good of your children, for the good of your parents, whoever it is that, that you want to exercise authority over. So we now have authority assigned to us by Jesus to do what he did while on earth. And John 14, 12 says it really well. He says, I tell you this timeless truth. The person who follows me in faith, believing in me, will do the same things that I've done and even greater things. Why? Because he's gone to be with the Father. So Jesus Christ has immeasurable and total authority and he has assigned that authority to us to rule and reign with him to bring the kingdom of God into every situation of our lives and the lives of others. Okay, we are his image bearers. We are to reflect his glory. We, and we step out and go in his authority to bring healing, salvation. We bring hope. We bring courage to someone. We strengthen someone. We encourage someone. We just do what Jesus did. I mean, he, Jesus was full of compassion. He reached out to every person. 
He was not turned off by anything. He was, he was, not, he was not appalled by sin. Okay, we should not be appalled by sin. We should not be appalled by people out there not believing, not walking in the fullness of what God has. We should love them and we should, we should reflect Jesus to them and be the image bearer of Jesus. However, guess what? We cannot do that without knowing our identity. How, we cannot do this if our identity is not in him. Okay. When we still look to men for approval, position, recognition, when we still have the fear of men in ruling in our lives, insecurities and stuff like that, our identity is not firmly established in Christ. And we need to, we need to learn how, how we can exercise our spiritual authority out of our true identity. Because we can only do that when we know that we are disciples of Jesus, when we know that we are his sons and his daughters, and that it is imperative that we know this because accordingly we will act. Authority comes first from identity, knowing who we are. And the example that that I love so much is in Matthew 3, at the end, at Jesus' baptism, remember the heavens opened up and God spoke. And he spoke to Jesus. That was before Jesus even did any ministry, anything. God said, you are my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. My delight is in you. And the next, word, the next verse in chapter 4, verse 1, it says, afterwards... The Holy Spirit led him into the wilderness. The temptations of Jesus three times. What did Satan attack? His identity. If you are the Son of God. If you are the Son of God. If you are the Son of God. And if Jesus wouldn't have held on to what the Father was saying, you know, 40 days in the wilderness, not eating, being weak in flesh, okay, but he laid hold of what God said. And you know the third temptation that Satan offered to Jesus was authority over all the kingdoms? That would have been an easy way out because then Jesus wouldn't have had to go to the cross. Okay, Satan offered him the ultimate temptation, authority over all the world, giving him what he took or what, what Adam and Eve relinquished to him. All he had to do was worship him. And again, you know, it's all about worship. It's all about worship. But Jesus didn't take the easy way out because he knew the Father's will. And he was, he was here to do the Father's will. So when, when Satan offered Jesus authority, Jesus was solid and secure knowing that he was God's son. And he was the son of God because the father said so. Can I say to each and every one of you, you are a child of God because the father says so. And his delight is in you. And his, and his pleasure is in you. I want to read to you just from just a couple of scriptures just to drive it home and so that you know that it's actually in the word of God. In John 
1 verse 12 says, But those who embraced him, that was Jesus, and took hold of his name, were given authority to become the children of God. Okay, Romans 8. I was reading that the other day, and it's just, abs it's just so wonderful. Romans 8, verse 14. The mature children of God are those who are moved by the impulses of the Holy Spirit. And you did not receive the spirit of religious duty, leading you back into the fear of never being good enough. But you have received the spirit of full acceptance, or the spirit of adoption, enfolding you into the family of God. And you will never feel orphaned, for as he rises up within us, our spirits join him in saying the words of tender affection, Beloved Father, or Abba Father. For the Holy Spirit makes God's fatherhood real to us as he whispers into our innermost being, You are God's beloved child. And since we are his true children, we qualify to share all his treasures, for indeed we are heirs of God himself. And since we are joined to Christ, we also inherit all that he is and all that he has, and we will experience being co-glorified with him. That's who we are. That's, what you, that's, what we, that's who we are, and that's what God wants to give us. Everything that he is and everything that he has. So our new creation identity is that we are sons and daughters, children of God. We are controlled and led by the Holy Spirit. And he delights in us. Sean, can we have that first um, slide up? Or is it already up there for me? Oh, yeah, here we go. I got this doobie thing from Josh. Just going to put that on. I want to show you something, okay? Um, we... I don't know how, where, where you've been around in teaching, but I've been doing a lot of um, seminars and learning a lot about healing of the body and the soul and the spirit. And we've always been taught that we, have a, that we are a spirit, we have a soul, and we live in a body. And there's nothing wrong with that. But when we as children of God are led and controlled by the spirit, I want to swap it around a bit. And I want to say that we have a body and a soul, but we are controlled by the Spirit. So when things come at us, you know, when stuff happens in life, and I think everybody here knows when stuff happens in life, whether it is a physical thing or an emotional thing, you know, whatever it is, okay, we can not react out of our soul, where the hurt and the wounding is and the torment is or the trauma is or whatever it is that is inside our soul. We don't react out of that, but we filter everything through the Spirit. So we respond. We respond to the issues of life through the Holy Spirit. That's how we behave as sons and daughters. And that's been a real challenge for me, especially the last 12 to 18 months. That's been a real challenge because we can look at the natural, we can look at the circumstances, and we can react out of that. And, and we're not controlled by the Holy Spirit because we're, we're doing it in, a, in our own strength. That, that was my thing. I was doing things in my own strength. I navigated through, through 
whatever the journey was in my own strength initially until I had a wake-up call and God says, no, I'm going to teach you now to do it my way. You've you missed it the first time, but I'm going to give you another chance to do it right. And so we need to, we need to respond out of the Spirit that the Spirit controls our body and the Spirit controls our soul. So I think that's, um, that's it. Thank you. So the sad thing is, though, we don't always act and live like we are. We give in to insecurities and we give in to fear. We give in to self-doubt. Okay. We give in to the flesh. We listen to the lies. Okay. Watch yourself talk. What are you telling yourself? You know, it doesn't even have to be anybody else or the enemy. You know, you can be your worst enemy by listening to all the negativity that's going on in your head about yourself. Okay? We need to, we need to stop listening to the lies. Um, I'm reading a book at the moment by Phil Mason called The Heart Journey, and, um, and he, has a, he has a quote in there I want to read out to you. He says, The world from heaven's perspective, is one giant orphanage of lost sons and daughters searching for home. From heaven's perspective, God sees a whole heap of orphans. He doesn't want to see orphans in the body of Christ. Because his sons and daughters, they are actually the solution to the world's orphanage problem. Okay, we can go out we can, we, you know, I admire missions who go to orphanages overseas. But let me tell you, you might have the greatest orphans living right next door to you. Okay, people who are lost, people who have no hope, people who, you know, they run themselves ragged, you know, keeping up, you know, paying off their debts and their credit cards and everything. They don't know that they're sons and daughters of God, you know, where they don't have to worry about those things. Because God, our Father, He's our provider. You know, He looks after us. So I want to encourage us that as sons and daughters, we have the authority to change the world. Okay? To live in the glory of sonship. That's for us. We're living in the glory of sonship. Okay? In the family of God, all together. And to bring others into that family. And to bring the kingdom of God to establish God's rule and reign again in our world. Okay. I want to talk about one more thing before I finish. Remember after Pentecost, the very first miracle that happened was when Peter and John walked into the temple and they saw the beggar at the gate. And... They, they, they spoke in the name of Jesus, and they healed. They healed, they healed him. That beggar, that lame person was got, that jumped up and danced and leapt. And they were questioned afterwards by the religious leaders. They were questioned um, in regards to what they did and, 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 and questioned, you know, the miracle and everything. And Peter was very bold, and, you know, as Peter was. You know, and he said, you know, it, it's nothing to do with us. It's all about Jesus, whom you crucified, you idiots. You know, it's what you've done, you know, but we are now preaching in that name and we're using that name. 
And in Acts 4.13, it says, the council members, those, those who were questioning Peter and John, were astonished as they witnessed the bold courage of Peter and John, especially when they discovered that they were just ordinary men who had never had religious training, they never went to rabbi school, they never did seminary, they never went overseas to do a, a master of divinity. Then they began to understand the effect Jesus had on them simply by spending time with him. That was, that was the evidence that they had. They, had were, they were unlearned. They were unlearned. They were not trained. They were ordinary fishermen. Peter, Peter and John were ordinary fishermen. But what they have, what they've noticed is they spent time with Jesus. They were hanging around him. Can I say today that spending time with Jesus, abiding in his presence, helps us to tap into the authority we have. It'll make us bold. It'll make us courageous to exercise our God-given authority. When we spend time with Jesus, when we spend time in his word, when we sit with him, ask him questions, he's the best teacher, ask questions, ask him to show you what's the solution to the problem that I have, what's the solution in this, how do I, how do I deal with this situation with my child in that moment, how do I train them, how do I d discipline them, you know, how do I fix that at work, how do I deal with that problem at work. The Holy Spirit will tell you. And guess what? You will get the authority over, over that situation, over that problem, because you've spent time with him. you spend time with Jesus. We find out who he is, and we find out who we are. Remember in Romans 8 we read, we inherit all that he is and all that he has. And when we spend time with Jesus, when we look to him, when... When we behold him, we shall become like him. What you look at is what you become. If you keep on looking to problems and issues that, are, that you cannot resolve, you become discouraged, you become maybe even hopeless. You know, you become stressed and you become worried. I did that for a long, long time. But we've got to look to Jesus. Who is he? He's the Prince of Peace. He's our friend. He's the healer. He's the comforter. He's the good shepherd. When we behold him, we shall become like him. When we spend time with Jesus and we start to see things from heaven's perspective, we are changed. And the invitation from the heart of the Father is for us to embrace the process of being transformed so that we can be his true representatives of his kingdom in our world, exercising our God-given authority in our own lives, but we also have the authority to pray into someone else's life. You know, but we've got to get the heart. We've got to, we've got to, find, we've got to find who we are. We've got to spend time with him. We've got to look to Jesus and not trying to figure it all out ourselves. We need to bring into alignment that which is not in alignment with the kingdom of God. 
Okay, when we spend time in the presence of God, we will hear what the Father says, and we will speak what the Father says, and we will do what the Father says. We're just like Jesus. We do what we see the Father do, and we're going to speak what we hear the Father speak. Because that's who God wants us to be here in this earth. He wants us to be Jesus, his image bearer, reflecting him, representing him, ambassadors of Christ. An ambassador represents a government of another country or another realm, okay? So when we are ambassadors, we are ambassadors of the kingdom of God in this world. So I want to finish. And I want to encourage each and every one of us to just really allow God to search our hearts. You know, the, it doesn't happen overnight. It took me months. It, it took me months to overcome some of those issues in my heart because there were deep, deep hurts and deep pain, you know. But I can say, allowing God to do that, spending time with him and keep on giving it to him and saying, okay, you work that out, I can't work it out. It doesn't affect me anymore, you know, because, because the authority of the authority of being a child of God makes me secure. Knowing the authority that I have as a child of God makes me secure. And so today we're going to pray. We're not going to pray from earth to heaven. We're going to pray from heaven to earth. So if you have an area in your life where you have to exercise your God-given authority, or if you have recognized that you have abdicated your authority in some area, or you have to reestablish your identity as sons and daughters, why don't you stand for a moment? All, you can stand all together or all of us, Mary says. Yeah. You know, but I want to say, if, if, that, if that really spoke to you today and you identified some areas in your life where you just have to realign yourself with the authority of God in you and with the kingdom of God in you. Why don't you just put your hand on your heart? And we just ask God to just come. Father, we come first and foremost, Lord God, just asking that you again, Lord God, just... Help us to align ourselves with your truth, with your kingdom, with heaven. Align our thinking, our feeling, our acting, our believing, Lord God, with what you say, who you are, and Jesus, what you have done for us. That on the cross, you have overcome the enemy and you have taken back the authority and you have given it to us, sons and daughters, children of God, who now live as new creation. Lord, where everything old is gone and everything new has become. So I pray, Father, impart to our hearts, impart to our minds, Lord God, just a fresh revelation of authority that we have. God given authority, the Father's authority to rule and reign with you in our world, in this world. 
Father, I pray this for us individually, but also I pray this for us as a family, Lord God, as a corporate body, Lord God. This house, Lord God, would be established in the kingdom of God, where we as a family, as brothers and sisters, Lord God, we would change. We would bring a change, Lord God, to this city. Father, where we have abdicated our authority or where we have allowed self-doubt and fear and discouragement to come in, Lord, I just pray right now, Lord God, that you would lift that off us. You would lift off, Lord God, every self-doubt, every lack of confidence, Lord God. And you would bring boldness and courage to our hearts, Lord God. That you would make us bold as lions, Lord God. Bold as lionesses, Lord God would make us bold in you God that we will not shrink back but just like Peter and John we would be bold we would be bold to, to bring healing and deliverance and salvation in the name of Jesus with great authority Lord God Father where our identity has wavered Lord God where we have thought and behaved and felt like orphans, Lord God, I just pray again, just right now, let the spirit of adoption just fall upon us, Lord God. The spirit of adoption that would cause us to cry out, Abba, Father, knowing that we belong to you, knowing that we belong to you, we belong to heaven's, heaven's realm, the kingdom realm. that you would lift of us everything else that is not kingdom, everything that is not already established in heaven, Lord God, you would lift it of us. If it doesn't belong in heaven, it doesn't belong to us. Father, anyone sick here today, Father, I just release right now your healing, your healing power, Lord God, to come to every person that's struggling here with sickness today, Lord God. Father, every person that experiences trauma and torment in their soul, Lord God, hurt and rejection and wounding, Lord God. Father, I just pray that the Spirit of Jesus would come to heal the brokenhearted. That the anointing of Jesus Christ would come and bring healing and encouragement and affirmation, saying that you are my son, you are my daughter in whom I am well pleased. And that we as children of God are led by your spirit, led by your spirit, led by your spirit, that you will give us, Lord God, solutions to every issue, every circumstance, every situation that we face, that we don't know what to do. That you bring wisdom and understanding and revelation, Lord God, because we are your children and we are led by your spirit. So, Father, for each and every one of us today, Lord God, let truth come. Truth in our innermost being. Truth that will set us free, that from this day forward, there will be a new level of freedom and authority we walk in that we have either abdicated, that we once walked in and again taking up, or when we never walked in authority, that we today, Lord God, would lay hold of that authority 
and we will walk in it every day as we behold you, Jesus, and as we spend time with you, Jesus. We pray this in your wonderful name. Amen. 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 If you, if you want specific prayer, just come and speak to myself or one of the leaders or to just someone next to you because we're all the same. We all have the same authority. And, um, you know, just, um, yeah, but don't go away here from today feeling that you have not received what God really wanted you to lay hold of. Hey? And otherwise, we're going to have coffee and goodies and hang out together. Share your lives with one another.